I'm going to have an eighth soon, all stuffed in here on a hot summer day. And that's okay because we're here to talk about Columbia. And I think you guys were sweating while you were there. <laughs> and uh, I forgot, I actually have a microphone at home that has like a setting that will have like surround sound speaking. And I meant to bring that. But instead, we're all huddled around a phone. Maybe you'll hear some feet shuffling to get closer to the microphone. But I think it's going to work out. We did do, just do a test run. But you guys all just came back from Columbia, what, two weeks ago? About? Mm -hmm. And we want to know more. Like, we just got, like, a five-minute video and a little bit of talking uh, uh, just in the service now about what you guys did and your experiences. We want to go a little bit deeper. So we've got everybody here pretty much. Uh, who? Well... What was it like going somewhere where you had to speak a different language, Ricardo and Maritza? <laughs> <laughs> no, but for you guys, it was going home. Yes. Are you you from Pobojan? Mm, no, but we lived there uh, some years, uh, a few years. Uh, I did, I did. I I was there in my my school. I did my school there. I didn't born there, I'm most close to Cali, I born, but uh, we lived there some years with Ricardo and my kids, my daughters. Um, yeah, but it was a very good experience to come back. Um, we have some family there. My daughter lives there with her husband, and we, we have a house there. And yeah, it was a very good um, experience to to go in the mission this time and to see the people um, uh, in that place in the El Sendero uh, with Jenny in the foundation was a very good experience and uh, another good experience was uh, know everybody in the in the to the to, to the the group the group the mission group Mm -hmm. is uh, for me was a very good to go more close to to know uh, everybody the pastor and everybody and and dusty and every, uh, was a very good experience to to know them mm -hmm. are you from Pobojan or are you no. also from no i from actually for bogota i born oh. in bogota but uh, i live in armenia or quindio that is a like province, but that is in the center of the Colombia, the coffee area. 
And then uh, there, I already know Marixa. After that, we just traveled to Popayan and lived there. But it's about Marixa says, it's something like, because the beginning, we already know how the foundation started. The first time with nothing there. And then now I can see how grow up, how, how God blesses the people around there. That is amazing because mm -hmm. it's not about my power or somebody power. It's just God do everything because many, many miracles happen there all the time. And even for the found, they found it there about money, about another things, people working there like without nothing. Yes, they already say, I want to work there. That is amazing. That is give me a little more, push me to, okay, what are you doing, no? Mm -hmm. That is like, your ready, what is your passion, really? But God is good, and that was giving me that kind of experience to revival all the kind of things mm -hmm. in my life, to start to thinking how it's supposed to change it and how it's supposed to grow up to. Right, <laughs> and then you two are the ones who really know Jenny as well. Like, you've got history with her more than through our church, like, you know, Stan knows her the next best, right? But he just knows her because of people like you and um, Ellie that was here before knew her. But, like, how do you guys know Jenny? Well, uh, I know Jenny uh, when I was 16. Yes. Uh, don't laugh. <laughs> 20 years ago. Yes. Yes, that. Um, I was through um, No Good Time my life and i found jenny like a miracle because the 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 men who invite me to that church at that time i never see him again and nobody knows him it was like a miracle he just told me go there and i went there and and i found jenny and jenny told me about jesus christ at that time and she teach me the bible and the the first um, things from uh, to the God, and my life um, start change. I, uh, bad things come at that time, a lot of bad things. But uh, I feel Jesus uh, beside me and help me to to go through those hard times. She helped me a lot all the time, even if. I go another city far, uh, we all at uh, the time communicate. And she's like a, my mother, spiritual mother. Yeah. Is there anyone here who'd never been to South America before? I've been to Central America, but I hadn't been to South America. Okay. And have you? I think I had like Venezuela or something before. Oh, so there was no, not all of you guys had like some sort of cultural experience i guess similar to colombia before yeah and then you two like it was probably for like you dan was probably a little bit like going home i imagine yeah there were a lot of similarities to where i grew up but um there were significant differences too so it was it was it was fun mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun so what's the let's take us through i guess the whole story and i guess i should have if anyone didn't know jenny's the one who runs the foundation these guys were working at and she started that and that's the connection our church has and but yeah some someone take us through the whole thing well, let's get it started 
I mean, well, I, the the whole thing starting from from where we were all born at a very young age. And, yeah, uh, start there. God started grooming us from there. I remember when I was three. No, um, I mean, yeah, we've had a relationship. Uh, the two churches that merged, obviously, on the evangel side of things, uh, for. I don't know how many years, but years and years and years from when there was nothing in the foundation and somebody just said, hey, I'm going to give you this plot of land uh, to Jenny and then Stan going down with other people and, and many people throughout the years. Um, so this team kind of came in new. And for many of us, minus Ricardo and Maritza, we just hadn't been there before to go and see anything. That's, and we've been supporting her and raising funds for her for different things over the past couple of years, but didn't really know. Uh, firsthand what we know now and, and had a chance to meet anyone. And so um, it was a priority to get down there as soon as COVID allowed us to get down there because it had been a while and uh, me coming in kind of new to both Lincoln and Evangel, uh, you know, forming Verity, it's important to kind of know your mission partners that you're supporting. I mean, that's a theory that we want to continue here at Verity is that we want to have intimate and close relationships with our mission partners that everyone in the congregation knows who they are and what's going on and what they're doing um, more than just writing a check to a name on a piece of paper. Um, so this was good. And that definitely accomplished that. I mean, the story, there was a bit of an adventure going down and, and that got worked out. Um, and once we were down there, I don't think, I think one of the biggest surprises and you guys correct me if I'm wrong was um, just, we didn't know what we were work, walking into from a work environment. We knew what the two projects were. But we really didn't know how far along they were, at what stage we are, what we were doing even. Like we're just kind of showing up in faith, hoping that someone was there to tell us what to do, that the supplies were there to do it. Um, and then what did you guys think about the weather? I mean, I don't, I don't know that I was ready for the weather and, and, and just what it is. Matt, what did you... Uh, the thunderstorms were interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I... I, I you're right. We didn't, we weren't prepared for that. We had our plan that we're working throughout the whole day. And really the plan was work till 11 o'clock in the morning, find someplace to eat while a thunderstorm for a couple, couple hours. And then we did ministry in the evening, working with people and working with families that we adopted, but that wasn't our plan going there. So yeah, the weather and climate definitely and seeing everybody in winter coats was really weird. <laughs> I'm in shorts and a t-shirt, and they're walking around wearing, like, winter jackets and jeans. And didn't realize 28 was cold. But <laughs> that was the culture we were in. It took a little bit of an adjustment. Well, we all appreciated you wearing shorts and a t-shirt because you drew all of the mosquitoes, apparently, away from all of us. Matt, on, like, day one, looked like he had monkeypox by the end of the day. Um, and uh, it was great. So, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the weather really controls what, what you're doing for the day. And I remember one day, it was funny, because they're at each construction site, they had a maestro, and the maestro was kind of the person who told you what to do. It was like the, the foreman, the, con, the, the construction foreman. And... Um, so they've been, you know, they're they're obviously experienced in working in their country, and that's what they do. And and I'd be checking my phone and, and looking at Google and trying to find out when the rain's coming and all this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like literally scrolling through my phone and trying to say, oh, Google says it's coming around now. Someone would tap me on the shoulder and be like, yeah, we're done. The rain's coming. I'm like, oh no, it's like I think I think it's gonna rain in like an hour or so. Like no 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 no. Look over there. See, the rain is coming. Like you can see it. It's time to pack up. And I'm like, oh okay. 
Because <laughs> you were up on a mountain and you yeah. could literally just look across and you could just see it coming for you. And then sometimes it was a race to cover up things and you've got like <laughs> cement piles that you've mixed and you've got to use them or cover them up because you can't have water flowing into it. Um, so the weather was actually a big factor. In our schedule, like Matt said, you got a whole day planned to do work and construction. You want to get a lot of things done. That's our North American kind of let's get this stuff done kind of thing. But you were really at the mercy of the weather. And then after that, Jenny had no end of ministry opportunities for us to participate in uh, involving kids and people and families and all of that stuff. But because it was winter, was winter, but not always it's like that. No, in summertime, it's very good. When I was there last summer, it was the strangest weather to me because it would rain for like five minutes and like lightly. And I was told that was sort of normal. Like it, it would just do that like every day, mm-hmm. a few, maybe a few times. And like, mm-hmm. you know, nothing where you'd even bother covering up for. Yeah. And it was, but it, it's also is it a cooler city because all the other cities I've been to, I can barely handle the heat. And Popojan, I was okay there. Mm-hmm. Pasto is more at the south. It is cold, very cold. Bogota is cold too. Okay. Rain a lot in Bogota too. What were some of then the ministry opportunities you guys had aside from building these houses? Seth, never heard from you before. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, aside from building the homes, we had some opportunities at the foundation doing, um, we had some pizza party things, some meal get-togethers where we kind of just fellowship with people. And then um, we also had a church service sort of thing at the foundation um, where a bunch of the families and the community came and um, dad was able to preach and we sang some worship songs in English and Spanish. Um, and we also had some kids events and youth events where we were able to share testimonies and, and play games and stuff with them. So that was some of the things we were able to do. I heard something happened with you preaching and that like someone either didn't like what you said or they liked it too much. And I've never quite gotten the full story because whoever it was was telling me with like, they couldn't understand Spanish, but they're like, something you said got someone talking. Yeah, there's a, a guy who's a new believer, uh, and, and he's he's really on fire to learn about the Lord, and that's a good thing. Uh, but he hasn't been taught yet that you don't usually interrupt a sermon uh, <laughs> with a question. So um, it happened in both locations. Same guy asked questions several times, and his questions were good questions. Um, he wasn't being aggressive. Maybe his first question was semi-aggressive, but um, when he received a biblical answer, he, he calmed down. And then after that, his questions were more inquisitive. He wanted he wanted to round out his knowledge. So, but it was good. It it made the sermons longer, but yeah. it was good. <laughs> well, what type of things was he wanting to know? Well, in in the morning, he wanted to know. He, he thought it was a theological discrepancy between what I was teaching and another passage of scripture. Um, so we were able to clarify that for him and just make it make it clear um, what, what the scripture is teaching. And then in the evening, he, yeah, he just had some concerns about what faith is and, and healings in the, in other settings. So, so um, non-Christian environments where people have faith and receive healing. So why is that? Where does it come from? So there were some, there were, and there were some other, I don't even remember all of his questions right now. Um, he asked several questions that evening, didn't he? Uh, yeah. The problem is he ran the sound system <laughs> and right. he had a microphone. 
So he would just pick up his microphone and start talking, and right in the middle of the sermon. So <laughs> it would be the equivalent of Ricardo just grabbing the handheld mic yeah. in the middle from the back in the sound booth and just like cranking his volume up on his own mic and saying, "Anyway, Pastor, I'd like to actually ask you something." Right in the middle of it, he would be backing up wrong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that's what he did at the first. I remember the first question. It was a blessing having Dan there because. Um, there's a difference between, you know, having a representation there from people that don't speak your language. And it's great. You can see their heart. You can see they're helping. You can see they care. And that's all important. But when you're getting sound teaching uh, from someone who's used to training pastors and, and mission, I mean, this is, um, you can see Dan talking and it's not just a basic lesson from someone from Canada. It's, it's eloquent. It's put together. It's in their heart language. It moves them. It, I mean, it. And it's a real blessing to go down with people that do speak the language. And we had the privilege of four out of the eight uh, people going, being fluent. And the rest of us gringos were just like really dependent on <laughs> on one of them being with us for many, many situations. Um, but uh, yeah, the first the first question was the guy, it was one of the, I think the first question he asked you in the morning was the most common uh, one of the most common misunderstood passages in First Corinthians ten, talking about God not giving you more than you can bear, um, and you'd have, you'd be hard pressed to tell that to the Christians that Peter was writing to in the series we just finished in First Peter, um, as Christians were getting gathered up and killed, and I mean that's definitely more than you can bear. Um, but Dan clarified about uh, talking; it was talking about temptation and your choice to sin. In a situation or not to sin um, by taking the guy right to scripture and, and showing him there so it's aptly dealt with and handled and you can just see them reacting because he's doing it in their own heart language well it's sometimes interesting when you get the conversations going and you actually like as long as you have good answers for the questions you act it's actually better than if you just preach the sermon because i mean if you just took one of your regular sermons and you preached it just to me and I was allowed to ask questions because it's just the two of us, I'm we're probably actually both going to get further along yeah. than, you know, our traditional way of sitting and just listening. And, you know, if you got a question, maybe, maybe there's question time at the end, but that's not standard. And so, you know, all the people there, like if, if one guy, if one person's asking a question, there's probably means there's other people thinking similar things too it's just only one person was bold enough to ask so as long yeah as long as you're able to answer the questions well which we're called to do you act everyone gets a better opportunity to grow so it's great when it works out yeah and sometimes disastrous when it doesn't <laughs> yeah like one of the reasons um i mean you know, sometimes when you ask for questions and the larger the group is, the more chance you have of someone completely derailing where yeah. you were taking people in the sermon. Like if you're crafting a sermon and your sermon is really an argument from point A to point B and you leave people with kind of your conclusion and that's where you want them to sit. If you open it up to questions, it's not the larger the group. It's not uncommon for someone to ask a completely random question that totally derails everything you've done. And, and trying to bring it back and settle it down is, is actually a lot harder. Someone doing it in the middle of your message yeah. is even harder. I thought, I just had a thought too. We should ask or talk about why you, what the main project you guys were doing there, because we've got people listening to this who don't attend Verity Church, 
we've also got tons of people at Verity Church who made, you know, not everyone's here every single Sunday. So like the Sundays where we really talked about what this project was, maybe someone missed that Sunday and they didn't catch it online. Maybe we've got new people here. And so uh, I, I saw people today. It was their first time here. And, you know, we got up there. You guys talked about a bit about the trip, but they don't really know what went on. So what was the real goal and some of the the backstory of what was going on in these families? Matt. <laughs> uh, wow, that's a big question because we had... When we went down, it, it was definitely about the relationships, and we focused on you know connecting with Jenny, and and we went, started our week off at her home having lunch, and um, just it was it was relationships at first, and and then moving into the building projects, but it ended up being so much more. It was it was investing in in the families, and and really bonding and solidifying our relationship, not just with Jenny, but with. The, the Sandra and Deanna the and Alan and all the kids and who are these these are some of them were kids some of them were teachers we had Samuel and his sister and we had Gloria the engineer engineer and and we just built relationships with so many people and this relationship was it was just all week long developing and just praying for each other and being there and it's it's it, our communities our churches came together and in a way that it's more than just one person it's just more than us supporting Jenny we have faces now to to the people we have relationships with the kids that are going to turn into teens and adults that is going to allow this relationship to go on for decades it's it was really heart thing with being down there just it, it, God just worked in our hearts and and it worked in theirs and we just connected it was really good actually I remember one kid for, for him he's he's my best friend he already has a touch with him oh yeah because he's my best friend what are you doing man you know he's my best friend okay and but what was the pro like the initial project the reason we were going what was the, the, aside from, you know, we're building houses, we're expanding houses. What was that? Someone take that one on. Marita? Uh, I don't know but if it's kind of this answer, but one of the questions was um, why people from Canada came to Colombia to help us? To, mm -hmm. Why? That was a big question, remember? Yeah. The school question was that one. Why? Why? Eight people come from there too far. And, but the, there is a lot of answers. But one night, uh, Elsie, Maria Elsie, I don't know if you remember her. She's the Jenny helper in the kitchen. She's a beautiful, sweet lady. She called me and said, uh, something to me that uh, break my heart and, and I think I found the answer of that she tell me she told me um, thank you for coming thank you for all the things you are doing uh, but I want to say we and especially me she said 
see the Lord of the love of God uh, through you, to you people, to all of you. Because some people tell a lot of things, but you are you are coming from there, and you you talk with us, you you tell us a lot of things, you hug us, you you bring things, you help the the most need people. That's the lot of God that break my heart because because we thank or oh, I thank God to be an instrument to to go to simple go there with with love but the people see the love of God God about through us mm -hmm. that's the, the one of the answers yeah so it's true people were wondering why we were doing what we were doing for sure um i mean we did have two particular projects that we were looking to accomplish i guess um and this was the proposal that we had in a building plan and a budget that we raised the money for so project number one um was building an addition onto a house so there's a single house 15 people living in that house how big was it um 25 by 20 two rooms yeah. Wow. Small. I mean, there's there's no room for 15 people. Like, you're, you're not even close. I don't even think they have, like, it's still going to be tight with how we left it, but at least they have a lot more space and, and a room. So the goal was to build a separate, secure room for uh, the girls. So the girls there, they're getting older, and um, there's some negative history there and some aggressive stuff that, um, you know, we, we don't typically experience here. Um, or most of us don't experience here in North America, that they need protecting and they need some protection. And uh, that was in the form of a, of a brick room that locks at night and uh, their own bathroom. So there's one bathroom and then one house for all these 15 people. And so now they kind of built on this extension, which is a, a big brick room that'll lock and then another bathroom for them. Um, and then the second project was just building a complete house, like a new house, a new place for a family to live, uh, the Pena family. And Sandra Pena was just an amazing lady. Um, uh, you know, the Jimboel family, the first family I was just talking about, but she was also uh, an amazing, uh, Maria Luz um, was kind of the matriarch of that household and she has lots of people living in and around her. And, and so she was just blown away why we would come to help. And that was just like Maritza was saying, constantly asking us why 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 but so happy but sandra at the second site her name was sandra pena and i guess uh she was living with her grandparents both of them ended up dying and then her father came in and um said he's kind of reclaiming the house and that they have to leave wow. so uh what we did was uh we we right beside their house was a little bit of space that was cleared completely from brush and junk and everything. And we were building them a new house from the ground up. So when we got down there, uh, as we said today in church, you had people that, you know, we, we had budgets for workers to complete the project. No matter what we did when we were down there, the projects will be completed because we budgeted in labor to get these things done. So our job is to go down there, do as much as we can, and then build relationships. So when we got there, the addition onto the house with 15 people living in it uh, for the girls um, was basically framed in and had a roof on it and everything. Uh, and so we spent the vast majority of our time at the other project site, which was the Pena house for Sandra and her kids to build them a whole new house after getting kicked out by her father. 
um, because it wasn't even like there was a little bit of a wall up and they were still doing the foundation when we got there. So most all of our time on construction was on the one project versus the second uh, project because it was already almost done uh, when we got there. So those were the two yeah. projects. Sandra, I mean, she's unbelievable. Like Sandra Pena, like when Dusty said this morning in the service that these people have nothing, she was literally climbing trees in her backyard. And I don't mean like up a couple of feet. I mean like climbing trees, like real trees. <laughs> right? And I look up above the house and she's up there on these branches waving back and forth, reaching for these oranges uh, so that she could pick them and then cut them and come and bring them to us as we're doing work for her. Wow. And I just think, I'm, I'm just thinking, man, this is a different world that we live in. Like... It is not the same that what, what we're used to. But what do these families do, uh, each of them, to survive? Like, uh, are they working? Yeah, they're both cleaning. Okay. So they clean houses. And so they make the equivalent of about $13 a day. Um, and they're not even working full time at that. And they don't have a car, obviously. So they spend almost half of their money on transportation to their job. Mm -hmm. So imagine making $13 in a day and spending six to $7 on transportation. You're now making a dollar an hour working. Mm -hmm. So they would, this would never happen. Like, the reason why they were so blown away is because there's no, there's no possible world where they would ever be able to do this. There's no plan. There's no financial strategy that they could have to put aside a little bit each month. And eventually they can, build themselves a home like this. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, so with, so the church literally donated thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars uh, for them to be able to have these things. And that's just mind-blowing. It's life-changing for them. Mm -hmm. Life-changing. One thing I noticed when I was there is that you've, like, the di difference between here and there, one of them, is that when you're here, you can be walking down the street, turn a corner, you end up, and all of a sudden you realize you're in the bad part of town. Mm. And that, when I was there in the different places I visited, it didn't feel like there was a bad part of town. There was like a very nice house, and then next to it would be like something that wouldn't be allowed to exist here. Mm -hmm. And then a normal house. And then, you know, it was just all together. I don't know if you guys saw the same thing. Or uh, in just different, in all over. Like when I was in the different cities, I was I was in. Elson Darrow was more just the. I, I didn't see much good there, but in the main cities, I mean, I'd see, um, like Tuluwa and Cali and. All yeah, you'd probably have more diversity like that there than you would here for mm -hmm. sure. You're right. There's it would be a lot more segmented here than it is there. Yeah. But still, it's, it's still segmented there. And Popeye, you have the nice part of town, you have the downtown area, the yeah. white part and the square. And so you're, you're going to get everything fairly similar there. And there's neighborhoods that are also kind of the same, but, but you're right. When you get into the outskirts, you can have major variants just right next door to each other. Uh, one, one really nice house and then one shack mm -hmm. right beside it sometimes. Yeah. When you say the white part, you don't mean white people. You know, it's not a white community. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. Yeah. core is painted white. Yeah. yeah. It's known as the white, the white city because of all the buildings. <laughs> um, honey, why don't you, what, what was the driving like down there? <laughs> uh, um, honestly, it was worse in, in Peru. 
Was that a big endorsement? (laughs) (laughs) No, it was pretty crazy. Um, Yeah, like half the time you don't know, like you're going through intersections and you don't know who has the right of way. Yeah. It's like you just have to learn or just go slow and then just assume that you can go. I don't know. It was crazy. Yeah, I made the mistake of being the only driver down there <laughs> renting the car. And so every driver you add adds like dollars to every day you have mm-hmm. them registered, whether they're driving or not. Wait, so, so you were driving there? I was mm-hmm. the only driver. And so Jenny would come in with the oh. second vehicle. And then I would be trying to follow Jenny. And it led to some pretty interesting and some somewhat dangerous scenarios. Yeah, like I, I can't imagine. Like if I moved there... I would take a taxi everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be on a bike, that's for sure. Uh-huh. I, uh, I saw what happened to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First hand. What did you guys think of the food? Oh, it was good. It was excellent. excellent. Yeah. Was there anything particular you really liked? Oh, yeah. Well, yes. Oh, what were those things Los called? Buñuelos? Oh, yeah, buñuelos. Yeah. Oh, my oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Picture, like... Just like a, a like kind of like a, a it's it's just a big sphere, it's like an overgrown timbit, so probably three or four times the size of a big timbit, and it's big. It is it's fried, right? So they fry it, and I don't I don't know. It's a dumpling technically. It's like a I guess. dumpling, it's but it's a perfect word. sphere. Like I, because I was curious if it translated, and it translates oh, to dumpling, okay. but yeah. it's not like it's, it's not deep, and like it has no, the no, deep yeah. fried like mm-hmm. outer layer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's like so it's got that crunchy deep fried yeah. yumminess to it, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Jenny in the middle was like molten, yummy cheese. And it was so good. It was made basically out of love, as far as I can tell. It's the only ingredient. And I absolutely loved it. If I, uh, she brought it to us at the airport on our way out, which I think was on purpose, because had I had had one of these in my first couple of days, the team would only be eating these buñatos or whatever they, what are they called? Buñuelos. That's it. That's all we'd have in the house. Nothing else would be stocked. We would just have a big fridge full of these things and a microwave, and I'd be happy. Uh-huh. Pan de bonos, también son muy ricos. Pan de bonos. Remember the... The bono bread. The bono. The, the bono bread. Uh-huh. And the soups. The soups yeah. are... Oh, yeah. Really good. So, would them talk... You can tell them how much she likes the buñuelos. <laughs> are they that good? Because to you guys... because. What I learned is you have different types depending on which region mm-hmm. you're in. Yes. And we don't, mm-hmm. like in Canada, it's like you get a hamburger in one place, it's the same somewhere else usually. But you have all, all your foods sort of change depending on where, so. Depending on the region, yeah. But everywhere have uh, very good things, very natural. The yeah. food there, uh, um, okay, that's the was sick one day. But for me, was, <laughs> ne, I know I don't have I don't even know stomach why I was problems there, there because it's, it, the food is natural. Yeah. It's, it's, mm, it's organic. Yeah. Rice, rice is with everything. So, so I didn't, I didn't realize that. Um, but like breakfast. breakfast is, is that, you know, so you're going to have rice with some eggs and then lunch mm-hmm. is rice with some meat and then dinner is rice with some other meat. Did you eat many vegetables? Is rice a vegetable? <laughs> that's one thing I noticed. It's like if there was vegetables, it was like sprinkled in the rice, maybe, and that right. was kind of it. Well, they did no, have salads. like salads Salad. and, and beans and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. They did have salads, yeah. In the soup, have vegetables. Yeah. That's true too, yeah. But I mean, the 
the price of, I mean, it was really interesting to see the pricing because we were looking at technology and things like that. And they were actually the same price, if not more expensive on the items we were looking at. Yeah. However, for food, uh, it was very cheap. I mean, like I remember going out and, and there was nine people that ate and the bill came to $36 Canadian. Mm-hmm. $4 a head. We all had soup to start, a bottle of Coke, and a full meal with rice, um, salad, beans, and then different kinds of meat. Some people got ribs. Seth was the rib monster. Every meal he had was <laughs> ribs. And then, uh, and then Dan was the steak monster. He just pounded that back. Dusty was the tilapia monster. Actually, that you ate the tilapia time. monster. Did you guys get lechona? That stuff was good. Oh, what is it? Oh, no. That's where you've got like an entire pig. You maybe have seen them in a display. <laughs> like I picture, like funny. people here will go and protest rib fest. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine what they do if they saw this because you'll have like a display case out in the street with an entire <laughs> pig's carcass in it. Yeah. Stuffed with rice <laughs> and veggies yeah. and everything, and then. When we were taking the car, when we were taking the car back, yeah. uh, and we, I didn't went, see that we went and had some at the little stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, that's yeah. so but good, but it. yes, it's a good one. They just we, we cut into the thing. before you guys got there. <laughs> well, yeah. I knew. Yeah. I knew. Yeah. yeah, we had some yeah. of that. Uh, oh. mm. Food was great. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, how about everyone give like a highlight, a personal highlight? Dusty, you you came late, so you can start. Oh, um. So, some of you'll remember the most or meant the most to you. Meant the most. Actually, what was something that really touched me was the one house that we were working on. That the girl that's going to live there, she's 17, and she was a beast, a working beast. Like, worked harder than a lot of the workers there. <laughs> no, I'm not saying she worked harder than our team, but she worked harder than the workers that were there to do the job yeah. that were hired. She was just Indiana, Indiana. almost aware, you're going to hurt yourself. You're wow. working so hard, mm-hmm. but she wouldn't stop. We had to force her. It's break time. Stop. <laughs> and had to force her to just stop. And it took a while. Um, but yeah no just just being there in general and just seeing how how gracious and thankful the people there were that was just like you just don't see that here on and in normal like you don't go around and people are so happy and so like excited about life and I'm like but they just, I don't know, that was, it was just so pleasing to see and shocking. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, I'm, and we, when we were first there, we're like, yeah, we need to bring our kids to give them a dose of reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of not everyone lives like you live. And which, I mean, I already knew that, but it was just being able to go and just seeing a different part um, yeah, because it was different than being in Mexico, being in Peru, being in Poland. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. We'll go this way. Seth, what about you? I think for me, the highlight, um, the same as I kind of shared in the service, was 
one of the big highlights for me was when we were doing some of the youth ministry and we'd gone outside so the kids could have the indoors and I think most of the team um Ricardo and Maritza were there I think most of the team was sitting around with the youth outside and um some of us were able to share our testimonies and that was really cool because you could see the youth were really engaged um but it was also cool for us at least for me to hear the testimonies of the other team members because I hadn't necessarily heard them or at least not to length like that so it was kind of cool for me seeing the dynamic of ministry going to the youth and also back to our own team members. Yeah, that is something I was thinking about when you said that during the service. It's like I'm here like week in, week out with everybody. But how many people's testimonies do I actually know at this church? And it's like you could go on this missions trip with eight people who you think you know and then realize you don't, even though you've known them for years. Um, I don't know what that it says about us, if it's a bad thing or not, but uh, it just made me think of how many people here, I don't know why they're even a Christian. Dan? Yeah, for me, the there's personal highlights and ministerial highlights. Sometimes they bleed together, I guess, but... Um, on the ministerial side, I really enjoyed seeing what some people are doing down there for ministry. Uh, we met Samuel, and um, you know he's really his he has a ministry. Well, he does a, a tourism business to raise money to fund ministry for himself and for others to go share the word of God, uh, do evangelism. So that was exciting to see uh, to see Jenny and uh, the foundation and their their outreach into the community to bring people to Christ, but also to build them up um, physically and spiritually. Uh, and then we met a team of four or five people at a church planting in downtown Popayan, the, the Colombian people. So that was exciting too for me, uh, seeing those ministries. On the personal side, I mean, if I would be purely selfish, the two things that I enjoyed the most, most were the hot springs <laughs> and the, um, the, the tour that we did of an old uh, hacienda that we got to look around. I think those were two personal selfish highlights. A hacienda, is that a farm? or Yeah. Okay. Plantation town. Yeah. And then with the work that you do, uh, were you making connections for that? Or, uh, or is that there connections to be made? It wasn't really the primary focus. Oh, no. Uh, uh, I have connected with that church planting team and we've been communicating. So we'll see where that goes in the future. But uh, that wasn't really the primary focus. Of this church, oh, so. no. I just, as you were saying, I thought, like, oh, I'm curious if you yeah. were able to, like, all of a sudden, you know. <laughs> Who knows where it goes kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Maritza? Um, the love of the people uh, who, are, who were very grateful. I have uh, letters from the kids, um, words, and lot of hugs, and say thank you. Uh, they, like uh, Pastor said, there was no a lot of time to do physical thing, the building. But we connect with the people, and the people are special. They, I think, they are very grateful for the for the things uh, we do there. But most were, were for the for the connection, for the to be with them, to share with them the food. Uh, that's the most um, thing for me to to see those faces, you know. Even if, like um, Dasi said, they don't have almost nothing, 
uh, those faces they were happy to see us i think uh, the the that region el sendero the foundation is not the same uh, because we know at the beginning uh, god changed that area because they have a purpose they have now a purpose because they like uh, they have like hope hope because god uh, through the Jenny, all the missionaries, all the people go there, uh, make them like a hope and a happiness to see the, the we love them, we go there for them. I think that's enough for me. Uh, personal highlight for me, I kind of have two on a relationship side, um, <coughs> just getting to know everybody. It was just getting to know the team. Um, I really didn't know mm -hmm. half my team very well. I did, hadn't even talked to most of you for more than a couple couple conversations. Then to live with you is just a, an amazing experience. And the relationships with the kids, uh, just they, they just loved playing and they loved being with us. And that was really, really uh, a good relationship feeling showing them love and then receiving it back in tenfold uh, but my personal like thing that I really took back was the night of the worship um, it was pouring rain I don't know if anybody actually heard Dan's message but it was we had times when you know Dusty and Nathan would worship and then they had a team that would worship but in the end they're like we didn't hear any of the worship so let's do it again and let's get Nathan and Dusty up here again. And it ended up organically just growing into a mixed band worshiping God. And it, it, it really, it wasn't, that wasn't planned. Everything else was planned, but that wasn't. And it, it just turned into a very beautiful work time of worship together. Ricardo. For me, it's just like, sometimes when you are good, you forget things. And then it's sometimes when you're ready, it's different maybe on maybe you because maybe not for you too. <laughs> but for me, sometimes you can give it more comfortable about many things and you, you already know things, but it's better to confront again to, oh God, really, thank you for everything you give me, thank you for everything you done every day. It's just like refilling, it's okay, yeah, like checking in yourself to, okay, have to keep going, it's not going to stop. Because sometimes, yes, when you already go for some kind of region and, and so many sufferings, or you're living there, your heart is already like, start to hard because, okay, it's like normal situations all the time, but sometimes when you already feel the people and meet the people and like he says, the love of the people, I'm happy even in the bad situation with the sick girl. We pray for her for how long? Mm -hmm. And she's still there working hard. You come on, what's mm -hmm. going on with this girl? You can see how God even heal people and that is give you more strength in yourself to, oh, God really had a purpose here to do something amazing. Mm -hmm. Not only then, in our life too. And like he says, they know everybody really better. Because like before, we really, man, we Speak a little bit here in church, but even for you too, for mm -hmm. Nathan and Dustia. Yeah. Even he speaks Spanish too. Sometimes, yeah, hello, hola. 
and that's it. But there we really had more relationships, more fun, and we more like us, and then we can show us like really we are. That is the good thing to working later together in another project. I, I think that just made the really good mix, and then we we're <coughs> opening for do maybe another amazing, maybe great things later because God is prepared for everything, even you. Because Kerry is already speaking Spanish too, almost, and then mm -hmm. just get something about that. You, we never know, because all the connections that make it is for good. Yeah, I was the first person from Barry to go, because <laughs> actually, because you know, before a lot of people from Evangel, but once we became Barry, I was like oh, John no. the Baptist. I prepared the way. <laughs> 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 but why did you go there? I don't know. Why? I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was. Heard the voice of the Lord oh, calling. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nathan. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm gonna. I, I can almost just say ditto, and we can make it a wrap. But mm -hmm. um, the relationships, for sure. I mean, like Ricardo and others have said, it's uh, getting to know the team. Team here. I mean, you don't. You see somebody in one environment, and uh, and then mm -hmm. you know, if you really want to get to know someone, travel with them, <laughs> live with them do a work like construction project with them and then do ministry with them uh, that uh, obviously takes it to a whole other level so really enjoyed getting to know the team a bit more um, um, and then the relationships that we had uh, that we were forming with the people down there so Jenny and the team and the kids and everyone there I, I mean I completely echo that that's the most important work that we did uh, whereas before I was like, let's come down and let's build some houses and let's get this done and, and do this for these families. That's great. I, I, you know, quickly realized that that was absolutely secondary to the other work we did in, in building and ministering um, to the people that were down there. Now, it was an important part. You're doing it through your actions, and that's ultimately the goal. Um, and then also something that Dusty said I just wrote down is this, that the differences between, um, you know, South America and us in North America. Um, you know, the more I've, you know, connected and the more you travel the world and you see other people and how they live in different countries all around the world. Um, I've had the benefit of being able to travel to a lot of countries in my day. And, um, you just realize just how much we have, uh, it, it's a little hard, it's a little hard coming home. You get that culture shock and you, and you come home to, you know, your house and you come home to your kitchen, uh, which isn't a pot, you know, on a, on a ledge with, you know, a, you know, a grate underneath it, like, you know, mm -hmm. and you have your kids say, oh, we have nothing to eat in this house. Mm. And, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, the, they don't know anything different. It's just the, the two things that they went to look for maybe aren't in the fridge, the pantry, mm -hmm. the second fridge or the third fridge or the upright freezer full of food. Mm. Um, and so, you know, the ability to teach, you know, your kids um, and to just be grateful for what we have again and this was also said your your instant reaction had better be gratitude um because i don't begrudge the north american culture i'm not one of those guys that thinks we should sell everything and live in a hole i i that's not good theology because the reality is is the north american culture um uh, although it's definitely toxic when you get involved in it and love the world it still allows us to be able to give so much that God multiplies just naturally as soon as you cross currencies. Like the ability, the ability to say, if we give $1,000, uh, what that does down there is absolutely um, exponentially 
uh, multiplied mm -hmm. just from the translation of currency. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it does make you very grateful for what we have here. It makes you very aware that other people don't live the same way. Um, and it makes me want to get my kids down there as well, too, which I think is very healthy. So what's next? Like, uh, are we done? Um, no, the, the relationship continues, right? Yeah. Uh, so um, it, it, we had it before and we'll have it after. But there's more projects. There's more ministry to do. Again, there's you know kids that are being discipled into teens and the teens are helping with the younger kids. And like Matt said, it's kind of a, a great little churning uh, that they have. And, and some of the teens that we met that were working shoulder to shoulder with us were uh, kids that had come through the program and, mm -hmm. and now they're mentoring kids. And so it's such a wonderful organization. There's all sorts of plans. It's too much to go into on this podcast, but the relationship will continue. And what do we, those of us who were not part of the team, how do we help out now? What are we praying for? Um, well, I think immediately you can pray for the work that the team did. Um, that those relationships would continue to strengthen and encourage the workers down there. You pray for the work that is still continuing. The houses are not done. We did get some updates that they're coming along really nicely, and we'll post those on Facebook for people to see the actual project of the two projects we went down there to do. Um, but for Jenny and for Wisdom, she's gathering a kind of a team around here, kind of like a board of advisors, and that's really strengthening her and giving her a little bit more um opportunities to to expand the ministry for continued funding and uh, for for ultimately Christ to be glorified and, and for for souls to be one um, and lives to be changed through the power of Christ okay well I mean I think that's a perfect we got everyone got to share a little bit and I saw some uh, rides pulling up and to take some people home from here so I think it's a good time to end it there thanks everyone uh, we able to throw this together before I head out to Colombia in a few days. So, is there something there you wanted to add? The picture is beautiful. The picture. Mm -hmm. We had um, just a final like we had somebody who teaches the kids how to paint. He just happens to be a quadriplegic. Oh wow! So he's in a wheelchair, and he has mouth controls for the wheelchair, and he paints with his mouth. And he and painted so that. He yeah. painted that. And so we had uh, an opportunity to come in and he presented us with this painting and we'll uh, have it up around the church for those of you that want to take a look at it. He donated it to us and we brought it home with us for display. So it was a gift from uh, the, the, the teacher of the kids painting and he's uh, just got an amazing story himself and he painted it all with his mouth. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one.